Recorded live. And this is a special Michigan Sports Truth follow-up edition. Taylor Phillips and Ed Smith. Follow me on Twitter at DT2Phillips. Follow Ed Smith on Twitter at EdSmith313. And like and share the Michigan Sports Truth Facebook page. Got three topics to talk about. Let's start off with uh, this latest Jeff Moss article from the Detroit Sports Rag about Henrik Zetterberg saying no to a mother, a dying mother's trip uh, to a teammate's, a teammate's dying mother's trip, that is. It, and that teammate appears to be Xavier Olette, a defenseman. Now, the Red, Wing, the Red Wings broadcast partner, Fox Sports Detroit, which is which is a bunch of shills in the media. They were talking about how the Red Wings alternate with dads coming on the road with them to road games and moms following suit the following year. They alternate year by year. Or maybe it's just the moms going going for only one year ever. But this this just came this just came in. This just occurred, actually. Henrik Zetterberg was only... Henrik Zetterberg said no to the moms, especially Xavier Olette's dying mother, when when um, Xavier Olette... Um, Xavier Olette's mom has only have a few has only got a few months to live is what the body of the article is reading here. Because Zetterberg Zetterberg is not sure about his future plans about about when he retires. And if he retires this season, his father Goran Zetterberg would never get to go on another vacation with the organization. So this is this is this is almost an even conflict here, to be honest with you. Xavier Olette's mom having having only less than a only well well less than a year left to live, while Henrik Zetterberg's dad, for some reason, uh, having his last chance. Uh, somehow, for some reason, to uh, go on the road with other dads to Red Wings road games, but but um, this but but it's not exactly even as even as we think. It's still Xavier Lett's mom still dying of some sort of some kind of symptom, but. The source said his mom, uh, Xavier Olette's mom, had um, a, f- a few months to live, and this is not. This is the tipping point of the conflict here. And, and Henrik Zetterberg still saying mom, but um, 
this is the update was set at 6.08 p.m., and it mentioned Xavier Olette. And Xavier Olette apparently, as a result, wanted out of Detroit because mm. he's not going to take no for an answer. What's your to say about that? Well... And it was a very strong reaction, you would, I would suppose, by, by Olette. Um, but I could understand his gripe as someone who loves and cherishes his mother very dearly. If I had a chance, you know, knowing that she didn't have that much time left, I would take whatever chance and opportunity I could uh, to see her one last time or as many times as I could uh, with the time limit that I had. So I understand Xavier's plight in that, um, in that regard. And to the topic of Zetterberg, it's you know, not too surprising when you consider uh, the past work that Moss has done on his website uh, regarding behind-the-scenes work of how uh, Zetterberg is viewed and how he views things in that locker room. Um, it's quite uh, coming quite obvious and evident that, uh, you know, he is the bigger alpha, in a sense, than even the head coaches, which is admiring on one end, but also um, disheartening when you consider the fact that uh, that was supposed to be the case and why hasn't this team done much more or has done enough to be better than what they are right now? Say what you want about how the, the, the general managers put the team together. You know, you still got to go out with what the groceries are bought and try to put out uh, at least a somewhat uh, enjoyable product. But uh, so far they've been uh, the sublime picture-perfect poster child of mediocrity mediocrity the past couple of years. So, um, you know, that, that, if you want to say, hey, that's on Coach Z technically in this case, yeah, that's got to be on him as well. Um, I, I brought this up as, as a point of mention in the, in the in BSR Facebook group page. Um, there is a common joke around Cleveland that uh, ever since LeBron James made his return that he's been so heavily involved with so much of, of uh, roster moves and process that he's been referred to everything from GM, coach, even part owner. But there is a difference, though. You know, whatever, say what you want, what you want to make about LeBron or jokes or what you want to make about LeBron saying he's the GM, the coach, and all that. Guess what? So far, he's had pre- pretty much a damn good successful formula at Cleveland. They've been to the finals every year he's been back, and they've won a championship. And, you know, obviously, if you read reports that Kobe Altman, the current official uh, general manager, who took the rollover from, from David, uh, uh, David Griffin last year after Dan Gilbert foolishly let him go, um, you know, he, before he had to make finishing the deals of, this, of all these trades, he had to sit down with LeBron personally. So, again, that doesn't tell you the type of pull, the carte blanche, the impact that LeBron has on the front office as for its that's what Zetterberg aspires to be, what he wishes he had, what he hopes to have, to have attained by now. But clearly, as you can see, it has not worked at all. So like I said, say what you want about LeBron saying he's lit GM and lit coach and all that, but hey, without him, Cleveland wouldn't be in the spot where they are right now in terms of being a title contender or even being a champion right now. So that's much, you know, that's a much better accomplishment than what Zetterberg wished he could have done uh, in his heyday. So... Um, it's not surprising, at the very least, to hear about this. But it's very uh, disappointing, uh, considering this is the captain. I understand, right, the captain has to be the guy to lead for you, but, you know, he's got to set better examples than this. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's just another a, a new example of 
the Swedish mafia problem. Henrik Zetterberg being the de facto head coach of the Detroit Red Wings over the listed head coach, official head coach of the Wings, Jeff Blashill, whose team took a took a four one loss to the Tampa Bay Lightning a few like a few hours ago. And the Lightning are the are still the best in the NHL. The Red Wings, which we needed to tank, are are in fact starting to tank again after getting five points in the in the previous three games going into the Tampa game. The tanking system really needed that. And now the Red Wings head to Nashville Saturday night at 8. They're home against Mike Babcock's Leafs Sunday at 7. They got back-to-back games. The Predators are going to work the Red Wings very hard at Bridgestone Arena in Nashville, Tennessee. And then Mike Babcock's going to take bring his Leafs to, to, to downtown Detroit and play – and and try to give uh, his former teammate, former players, the Red Wings, just about exactly enough work. The Maple Leafs have been red hot on their home ice. We're going to have to see how they do on the road in Detroit, especially. But um, I but I heard on the rumor, but I heard uh, that that the Vancouver Canucks. Will, will no longer be a possibility for Ken Holland mm. to go to anymore because they, they've agreed with their current general manager, Jim Benning, on an extension mm-hmm. for some reason. So what would this say about the Seattle possibility? Yeah, that, that's where he's... That, yeah, the Seattle possibility is the number one, but was mm-hmm. the number one possibility the whole way through, and then, and then and then Edmonton popped up as a possibility too. The Oilers. That, that was a that was in a tweet from Prashant Iyer mm-hmm. that he, that Holland would leave for either Seattle, Vancouver, or Edmonton. That was a few days ago, and and the Edmonton part was the was a thing that shocked me. But the pop, there's another possibility popping up. But, but but those were but that's what the source had said or even earlier than that. So the Red Wings are fourth worst in the East, seventh worst in the NHL. Again, the after the Panthers jumped the Vancouver the aforementioned Vancouver Canucks, the Panthers beat the Vancouver Canucks four to three to jump the, the Red Wings ahead, jump the jump ahead of the Red Wings by a point with a two point regulation win by one goal at Rogers Arena in Vancouver. So our tanking system needed that and the loss to Tampa Bay. So there you go. Now, second thing I want to get to, 
outside the lines is investigating a freshman walk-on for the Michigan State Spartans men's basketball team, Brock Washington, a freshman guard. Third paragraph writes, in August, a female student reported to campus police that Washington forcibly dropped her without her permission. Those were the sources are telling outside the lines. After an investigation, the police on December 13th forwarded to their findings to the county prosecutor's office. So, they they talk about this Brock Washington case and then they uh, segue to Travis Walton with his sexual assault incident. Remember, outside the lines received reports from sources that in 2010, Travis Walton and one other player were, were um, making a making a female student uncomfortable on a on a basketball court, and that's when that's when they started putting her in danger. Um, I'm trying to put the clues together as best as I can, but um, this is more. This is this, this actually has nothing to do with Larry with Larry Nasser, but, but it has something to do with the lack of accountability that head coach Tom Izzo is having. A lack of accountability. So this this is all. This is all uh, continuing to build up. So uh, let so let's talk about this here. Yeah, I mean, with it's obvious, you know, this the whole expose. If you want to say that they did the whole E60 thing on that weekend of the 26th, whatever it was. It was about a month ago now, almost. Um, as, as, as we can see, it's always only the tip of the iceberg. Eventually, we were going to see more layers being peeled back and more details eventually being revealed uh, as a result, as the fallout, as you could say, of this report that obviously not only implicated Israel, but also Antonio as well. Um, now, the supporters or the, those that would be all, more on the pro Izzo side of things, or either pro Izzo, pro D'Antonio, pro school, whatever the case may be, uh, they've come out on the defensive, trying to attack and bash ESPN's credibility, saying this is a hit piece, saying you know they're dredging up old uh, material, whatever not. You know, obviously, you know Mike Mulaney, whatever he's not um, being too much of a coward, not going on his Twitter, has been now all of a sudden picking up the baton and charging, you know, holding the leading the flag and being the leader of this of this resistance, if you want to call it that, so to speak. Uh, pardon the pardon the term. Um, it's just quite interesting to know if they really knew the more of the facts, such as of how ESPN had to sue the school twice uh, for failure, failure to, to hide certain aspects of the investigation from them in regards to Title IX. And now, obviously, with this whole Brock uh, Washington situation, um, you know, you, you love, they love to, to try to use the, the recent free piece in which um, – someone was quoted as saying with the plea agreement that uh, 
Walton took, it was known as a common plea agreement. However, uh, there was a case, though, David Myers, I believe. No, not David Myers, but Tom Yeadon was the one who gave that quote about how oftentimes in assault cases, there are differing versions of who want, who, who did what to whom, but it's still a fairly common plea agreement. However, when brought upon um, what asked about that in this piece, he understood and, and acknowledged that it was a conflicting answer. So, you know, there's still far more down to travel this rabbit hole before we get to the real root of what happened or what didn't happen and who's and what results should come about. So I would still say, even if you're, you're the one to defend Izzo, or you want to see him fired, either way, you, there's still a whole lot more to, to go with this whole, with this whole series, with this whole story that clearly and obviously we're not done with yet. So I'm still glad that details, of this, details like this are still coming out. And it lets us know that, yeah, this, there's a whole larger scope that goes beyond uh, what we're seeing currently. Yeah, and uh, I, I saw that video, too, of Mike Valeni defending Izzo and D'Antonio and ripping ESPN, questioning their credibility. That's, that's just... I'm just saying, like, like, you would think with ESPN, the amount of years that they've spent, it's not like they just did this with the whole trying to capitalize on the national thing that they've done last year or whatever. No, they've been going at this investigation for four years right now. And as I mentioned, they had to sue the school twice in the process. So this isn't some type of, you know, uh, trying to journalistic hit piece or an opportunity to get ratings or clicks or whatever. This, is, this was legitimate hard work put into this project, put into this investigation, and now they're just seeing, we're just seeing the results of what happened and even more uh, uh, quick public revelations as a result. Yep, absolutely. So we will update you further uh, if anything else pops up as the uh, investigation continues to unfold. And then you got the Tigers' projected 2018 record, according to USA Today, 63-99. and Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's yep. like, that feels like an over-under bet, you know what I mean? It's like they're tempting you to want to go over. And I'd be willing to take that bet because mm-hmm. uh, you've had... Well, you've I, had well they, they, it looked to me like they were doing an accurate job. This is Remember, this is just one of those three rebuilding years when Ron Garbage Fire and and the Tigers youth, along with uh, the, the the other same players like Miguel Cabrera, Rick Martinez, Michael Fulmer, Jose Iglesias. Remember, Kinsler's gone. Andrew Romine is gone. Justin Verlander's gone. Al Avila's gone. He, he's now with the Diamondbacks. Justin Wilson, a, still a Cub. J.D. Martinez. J.D. Martinez, yep. A lot of their players are gone. Tyler Collins is also gone, too, with to the Royals, thank God. Hmm. Signed a minor league deal with an invite, invite to spring training. So again, this definitely it, it, it almost it's almost it's practically accurate. I think you would you would assume with how yeah. everything went last year, the current makeup is right now, and what the future of this franchise is looking, especially now in the wake of like it's now been a year um, since Mr. Ellison passed away. So. 
Uh, I think, like I said, it's all but on the money, what that projection was from the USA today. I just, still, I just think, like I said, they purposely put that 99 because they know it would, a lot of folks would categorize that as an over-under, so to speak. Like, hey, you know, they're begging us to take the over. And, and in this instance, like I said, I think it would work because this team has, has shown to me virtually little to no improvement at all from, from what they've been through, what they've done last year and in this past offseason that warns me to believe that they can crack at least 60 or 65 victories, let alone 70 or 75. So um, I'm hoping, like I said, I hope it goes to the over. I hope they go as at least 100 losses, if not more so because this is a full rebuild that we're witnessing. They may not want to acknowledge it or say it, but this is what's, what, what's going on right now. I mean, the fact that you've had all this massive fire sale, getting rid of all these players, all these pieces, um, and now you're stuck with essentially either old players, bloated contracts, or a combination of the two, um, you know, we got to call it what it is. It is. This is the rebuild process. So once you go through a rebuild, you're going to experience um, some bad moments. This is going to be one of those moments. You know, like what we're seeing right now with the Red Wings, only the Red Wings are stubbornly being trying to be more mediocre or trying to uh, trying to attain a higher standard, which eventually leaves them in the clutches of mediocrity. Whereas the Tigers, they should just embrace the tank and just go full on here, uh, full on burn everything down and rebuild from the ashes. So um, it'd be interesting to see how this season goes. I wonder, and I wonder to see how long Ron Gardenhire, if he does last out his contract, and you know if there's any process to see what type of extension he could get. Um, and uh, that's that's all there is to it. Tigers projected to finish second worst in the majors, worst in the American League. Second worst in the majors to the Miami Marlins were projected to finish oh, wow. sixty and a. 60 and 102. Yeah, that would be an understandable reason, an understandable team to, to be second worst to. <laughs> yeah, owned by Derek Jeter, a former Michigan Wolverine. Or at least a Michigan fan, one of the two. I think he's a, I think he's a Michigan graduate, too. Well, I know he. I know his parents grew up. You know, we raised him in the state, nearby Kalamazoo native, I believe. You know, mm-hmm. family wanted him to go. I'm sure his parents wanted him to go to the Tigers, but he's always wanted to be a Yankee. Uh, but you know, growing in that state, he obviously grew up uh, rooting for Michigan. So uh, that's what the affiliation. That's what he claims as is. You know, as a, as a school choice. He may not have went to the school, but uh, you know, I'm sure uh, Michigan isn't gonna. You know. Not going to run from that uh, chance for for uh, uh, culpability or uh, acknowledgement of you know hey this is a a, a a famous title as you know they will claim Derek Jeter the same way they would claim Ric Flair if you wear our gear and you say our phrase you're you're one of us so I don't blame uh, the university for that at all right not to mention they still have James McCann yep so I guess that clears. I guess that clears the list. Uh, yeah, Travis Wood um, had a little bow mishap during a during a hunting trip, and he suffered a splint in one of his fingers. He's a young prospect pitcher, a relief pitcher, mm-hmm. a left-handed relief pitcher. But um, but with that said, that, that that's pretty much it for all he covered. <laughs> 
So, that is it for episode two of the follow-up edition of the Michigan Sports Truth Podcast on TalkShoe. Ed, thanks very much uh, for uh, chipping in. Um, so late. Yep, uh, get some rest. Um, we'll, we'll talk to you next week. For Ed Smith, I'm Taylor Phillips. Follow Ed Smith on Twitter at EdSmith313. And follow me on Twitter at DT2Phillips. And like and share the Michigan Sports Truth Facebook page. TTFN, ta-ta for now. Bon appetit.